Hi guys and welcome back to the Darcy's Inner Dialogues podcast. I hope you're all having a lovely week and I hope that your weather is better than mine. It is currently pouring from the heavens in Edinburgh and it's also the fringe so it is extremely busy and I'm very excited to be going to Canada on Monday to see Tristan and to have some sunshine, to have some coffee creamer. I love coffee creamer but you only get it in North America so I will be having many an iced coffee, an iced decaf coffee with some creamer in it and yeah I'm just excited to have some sunshine and chill and be out of the miserable coldness but this week I thought that I would share my eating disorder story because I have yet to share it on my podcast. I have shared it on YouTube before so you might have already seen that but there will probably be bits in this that I didn't mention on YouTube just because like this will be really raw and unscripted and it's just kind of my thoughts at the time like what happened what I went through, kind of my thought processes and kind of why it got worse. I'm not going to speak about my recovery in this episode just because I think that that warrants its own episode. So this will just be solely of kind of how my anorexia developed and then the bulimia and everything. And I will say trigger warning on this episode. I will not talk about, like, I will try not to speak about specific numbers or anything because I know that that can be triggering and it's very easy to compare if you're struggling with any of this it's a very competitive type illness and comparison is really bad so I will try keep specific numbers to a minimum I'll probably just give like a ballpark for context but anyway it all started in 2017 I was going to Australia on a summer exchange and was going to Sydney and I was so excited. I honestly can't even explain to you how excited I was. And I loved Australia. I think some people think semi, it was kind of, I was homesick. It absolutely wasn't. Like I adored Australia. And I think had I not been in Australia, it still would have happened. It was obviously just easier for me to hide it in Australia because I didn't have all the people who knew me there. But I think it would have happened regardless because it all started from a complete misconception of what it meant to be fit and healthy because in my brain I was basically desperate to go back to school in September being aerobically the fittest I'd ever been for hockey because I was taking my hockey really seriously I would have been in sixth form at that point I I had Scotland trials coming up I had all of this coming up so I was like I am gonna actually push myself and I'm going to become the fittest I can be because Although up to that point I took hockey really seriously, I never actually worked on like my cardio fitness, which did hold me back. So that was in my brain. I was like, I am going to become the fittest I've ever been. But I just completely misunderstood what that meant in my head. For some reason, that meant having to lose weight. Like I was by no means fat, but I, yeah, was slightly bigger because I was muscly. But like that was just from playing hockey and weightlifting in the gym that was just my natural build, like, I have bigger thighs, like, that is just my natural legs, I have big quads, but I just thought in my head, to become fitter, like, I needed to lose weight, Uh, on top of, like, I was doing all this extra running and stuff, so it did start out as completely good intentions, and I don't even think I knew what anorexia was. I mean, if you were to say to me, like, what is anorexia at that point, I would have said, like, with, like, the really, like, emaciated bodies, like, supersized versus super skinny, like, that kind of body, but I had no idea, really, like, what it was. I had no idea, like, the rabbit hole that I could fall down into, and I can't specifically remember, but I'm presuming that I googled, like, lose weight 
and tone up or something like that and the good old my fitness pal came up and so I was like oh I'll download this and like that was the first time I'd ever 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 tracked my food didn't even know tracking your food was which mm, should it have been a red flag quite probably but I just had such good intentions because it was solely like for hockey and for like bettering myself but yeah I started tracking my food I was obviously eating way too little I was playing so much hockey in Australia and I was doing like PE as well and running and so I was doing a lot of activity on top of not really eating that much but I didn't realize it was wrong really like I just thought I was being healthy because again like I had the wrong conception of what it was and I think like that's also something that we kind of should be taught when we are younger because yeah with Scottish hockey like I had a lot of like nutrition and kind of like how to fuel your bodies and stuff but like it shouldn't it's not just an athlete's thing like I think generally over everyone like they need to know how to fuel your bodies and realize that like you need fuel just to live and breathe like regardless of all the other exercise you do and then when you're doing exercise you need more on top of that as well like I just did not understand that like carbs how essential carbs were which to me now sounds ridiculous because I know all of it now but at that time I just didn't and I was just so uneducated and I didn't understand and I think if I had known none of this would have happened but I basically just over my time in Australia kind of got more and more strict with my food and what I was eating I wasn't necessarily restricting a lot but I was eating basically only allowing myself to eat healthy things I wasn't allowing myself to have like treats and sweet things and things like that which I absolutely adore so I came back from Australia and the thing is what always always adds fuel to fire is I was getting complimented by everyone like everyone was saying like wow you look amazing and in my head it was like oh that's because I've lost weight I didn't say that out loud to them but I in my head I was like oh it's because I've lost weight and when you get complimented your brain then like attaches onto that and thinks oh well uh, if I lose more weight then I'll be even better so that's part of the thought process that goes with it and then also you just get like sucked into this feeling of I physically cannot eat more than what I've already been eating like you always feel like you have to eat less than what you were eating before if that might not make sense but say I'm gonna use like apples as an example because I don't want to use numbers say you're eating like four apples like apples is just a, a figurative symbol not, I'm not talking about literal apples but like four what in one week the next you could only eat three like you couldn't you couldn't eat four and you definitely couldn't eat five like that is the kind of weight progressed down and you just felt like you're trapped like you absolutely couldn't eat more and I just became more and more like conscious of everything and numbers I became addicted to numbers how many calories I was eating how many calories were in things and I was boarding at school at the time which was also made it very easy to hide like I knew a problem was arising quickly over time but I didn't know what to do about it because I also just didn't really know what was happening like I did not know it was anorexia at all because the other thing was I I do not want to attach a size to anorexia because there absolutely isn't you can be any weight and be anorexic because anorexia is a mental state obviously the side effect of that is losing weight and the effect that can have on your organs but you absolutely do not need to be like four stone to have anorexia you can be 10 stone 11 stone 12 stone it doesn't matter because it's literally to do with your mindset and 
like the change in your body is just a side type thing. So to anybody who didn't know me, I absolutely would not have looked anorexic because my weight really was kind of normal. I don't want to say normal, there's no normal weight, but you wouldn't look at me and go, oh, she's thin or oh, she's too thin. You would look at me and go, oh, she's healthy, probably. I was playing hockey, I was running, I was doing a lot. I was playing hockey like six days a week, which I was loving, but I wasn't eating to feel it. If I was eating to feel it, I would have been absolutely fine, but I wasn't, so it was a problem. And I basically just more and more felt like there was this kind of pressure on my chest because I was like, there is something wrong with me. But I didn't know what it was. Like, I just felt trapped in my mind because I couldn't let myself eat and I didn't know why. Like, we would go to lunch or a tea at school because I was at a boarding school. And, like, I think my friends could see that I wasn't eating. Like, but it was this weird, it wasn't like a, oh, everyone look at me, I'm not eating type thing. Like, I was trying to hide the fact that I wasn't eating. Like, I'd I'd hide my dinner, like, under, like, lettuce leaves or something. And nobody would really say anything until I think... One of my friends was like, Darcy, like, you're not eating. And I was like, yeah, I am, shut up. And like, you become very defensive because I think it's a mix of like embarrassment and also that's your kind of safety net. You feel safe in it. Like, that's your comfort zone. Although it's obviously uncomfortable because you don't like it. It's your safety net because it, it becomes to be what you know. And the thought of not having that and not having that control is terrifying. So you kind of turn on the people that are trying to help you. And I was like, shut up, like, leave me alone. And I basically bit her head off which I'm very sorry about but I was just like you don't know what you're talking about like leave me alone and it was definitely a problem like I was weighing my cereal in my room in the morning and taking it to breakfast with me because then I knew how much was in it and it just got really bad really quickly and I remember messaging my other friend saying like I don't know what's wrong with me I basically reached out to her for help which I also feel bad about because I was like that was just so much to put on her shoulders but I was like I don't know what's wrong with me like I can't eat and I can't let myself eat and I just feel like I'm drowning basically and then like it was half term at school so it was the holidays and I think my mum could kind of see that I wasn't eating and I was freaked out by anything that I didn't know like I was I was having like minimal food and whatever I did have was like very very clean and like it was steamed and all that stuff but nobody said anything because like what do you say as well like I was also trying to pretend to everyone that I was fine I was like smiling as always and I was just trying to hide it which is what you do and then I went back to school and then basically after half term I had my panic attack which I spoke about in my last episode that was the first panic attack that I've ever had and I basically freaked out because I thought everyone was staring at me and staring at my body and up until this point physically I wasn't doing well either like I was I now know why but I was so tired like I was getting really really breathless but I was like how can I be breath like how can I be out of breath like I thought I was just unfit I was like I cannot I physically cannot be unfit because all I have done is exercise for the past like five months and my love for hockey kind of disappeared because I think it became a point of I realized in order to play hockey I'm gonna have to eat because I was so out of energy and so like out of love like I adored hockey and I loved I I loved playing it every day and I loved doing like club and nationals and all of that stuff I loved doing all of that and then suddenly my love for it just went like I didn't want to play anymore I didn't want to do club like if that's not the biggest red flag for me don't know what was um but it was because I was like if I play hockey I'm gonna have to eat and I didn't want to eat so I didn't want to play hockey like it's mad that that was my thought process 
but that is how I felt and then I realized I was like I actually can't cope with this I feel so lost and trapped inside myself and all of these thoughts that I'm having so yeah I had a bit of a meltdown and I went to my lovely lovely matron and with my best friend and we spoke to her and she kind of said oh we kind of thought there was a problem which kind of makes me go like well why didn't literally nobody said anything except for that one friend that I told you about and that was like weeks previous I think they were just kind of monitoring it but again like I don't think anybody knew how to deal with it oh I forgot to mention like before that there was another girl in my hockey team who was ill and she was visibly ill because like she was visibly thin and everyone could kind of see that and I remember thinking about saying something about myself and like saying that I kind of needed help but then she said it and I compared myself to her and I was like I am like triple her body weight and everyone's just gonna think that I'm like faking it or like doing it for attention or something so I didn't say it and then that's how it progressively got worse but once I went to my matron and said how I was feeling I think I went home that day and then my mum was just kind of like what's going on and I just burst out crying and I was like I don't know so then I was kind of off school and my mum didn't know what to do so she took me to the GP as like the first port of call and the GP was just kind of asking how I was feeling and stuff and then she was like oh I'm just gonna get Darcy in for an EKG which is a like a heart not a scan but like it measures your like heart rate and stuff so mum took me in the next day and I reluctantly went like I did not want to see anyone didn't want to go to the GP didn't want to do anything like I was a recluse didn't want to do anything but she did the AKG and my mum was waiting in the car and I remember looking at her face. It's weird because you equally want help but you equally think there's nothing wrong with you and that everyone's overreacting. So like she put the stickers on my chest and my feet and stuff and she was doing the AKG and I was just kind of rolling my eyes like this is such a waste of time. And then I, I remember the look on her face when she saw the, the monitor and I was like, oh, like that is not a good face. And she was like, I'm just gonna go get the senior doctor. And I was like, mm, that's not great but okay and then he came in and they were basically like yeah we need to ambulance you to nine wells and I was like sorry um so basically my heart rate was in the very very low 20s and if I hadn't come off school that day I had a hockey match the next day if I hadn't come off school that day like they told me in hospital you would have died tomorrow you would have gone into cardiac arrest and it's weird because you don't internalize that like you don't believe it because this anorexia this voice in your head you always believe that everyone else is overreacting. And I was just kind of like, oh, whatever. But that is what happened. So like, I do believe it was kind of fate that I kind of had my panic attack when I did, that I asked for help when I did, because otherwise I wouldn't be here today, which is scary, but also like, I still just don't really believe it. It's, it's hard to explain. But I was then in the ICU in Nine Wells and I remember begging my mom like not to tell anybody else in the family. But then obviously when I was in the ICU, she had to tell them. And they all come in and I just remember feeling a mix of like embarrassment and then also anger because I was like, I didn't want anyone to know, like this was my thing. And I, I didn't want people to be in my little bubble. I was really annoyed. And I, it was weird. I hated hospital, but then it kind of became a comfort zone. And then when I had to go home, I was terrified because I was like, no, like I don't want to do this. And I remember I, when I was in hospital you get put on a meal plan but you it gradually increases in case you get refeeding syndrome so I thankfully didn't get refeeding syndrome but I was on a meal plan and I was following the meal plan but then the doctor was like oh you're being very cooperative with your meal plan and I took that to mean that I shouldn't be so then I stopped eating and then I was referred to CAMS which is the child and adult, and, child and adult mental health services and 
they came in to see me when I was in hospital and they basically said, you need to eat or you're going to be tube fed. You're going to have a tube put down your nose and you're going to get put as inpatient. I don't know, it was weird because it was still like a thing of like, I don't actually believe you, but I did eat and yeah, it was weird. It was like a mix of, I actually felt relief because I felt like because I had a food plan, I felt like I could then eat, like I had permission to eat. Because this is the thing, you don't fall out of love for food. You adore food, but you just don't let yourself eat it. So you want to eat, but you just don't let yourself. So I was kind of excited that I could eat. But then when it came to like going home, I took going home to meaning that I was better and that I'd gained weight. So then I was like, oh, I need to stop eating now. And that's kind of the the spiral roller coaster, the never ending loop that continued. But I was given a meal plan for when I was then back home and I was still off school at this point. Like this was kind of October time. I was in hospital, I think, for like three or four weeks. And I was then just like eating, doing all my meal plans at home. Like I wasn't allowed to exercise. My friends were coming to see me a bit. They came to see me when I was in hospital and then they kind of came to see me when I was at home. And yeah, it was just weird. Like you're still so trapped in your mind and what your body and how you feel. And I was still addicted to that basically and I would only watch cooking shows I'd only watch like MasterChef I'd only watch Super Size versus Super Skinny I'd only watch like food videos on Instagram because I wasn't letting myself eat it so I would like binge watch it and I almost felt like I was eating it like that sounds so ridiculous but that's why I was like addicted to it and cams were like oh you're not allowed to watch food shows and I was like shut up I was like what do you mean I'm not allowed to watch food shows that is it's basically because your your anorexia like clamps onto that and it's kind of this way of you to channel your food issue is to addictively watch all of those shows so I wasn't allowed to watch any cooking shows I also wasn't allowed in the kitchen so this is the thing is they take all the control away from you and one of your family members is solely responsible for your meals that was absolutely terrifying I hated it but like that's kind of the point like you have to get uncomfortable to get comfortable but I know it was I hated it I would like just sit at the table and like silently like tears would roll down my face as I was eating because I just didn't want to and you kind of become you have your person who's safe like I felt safe eating with one person and I remember that that person was then they were like oh like somebody else is going to come and sit with you for lunch day and I'm gonna go out I threw an absolute tantrum, like a literal toddler tantrum, like threw my food, was ran upstairs. I was like, I hate you. Like I'm not, it was really scary. Like, I'm just kind of like, how was that me? But that's just how much the voice takes over you and how much control it has. And then basically I was still off school till Christmas time. And then in January, my mom was like, right, you need to go back to school because it was also my A-levels. So like, I couldn't really miss school if I was still gonna do my A-levels. So I went back to school in January but I was like a shell of the person that I was like the year before like I don't know like I was just so different nobody knew how to speak to me like they all spoke to me like I was a china doll they all spoke to me like it wasn't uncomfortable it was just like I honestly feel like they were scared that I was gonna break or something like they were it was like they were walking on eggshells around me and like the boys who would like take the piss out of me normally would just like they didn't know how to act around me. And I was like, guys, I'm still me. Like, don't be nice to me because that's weird because you were never nice to me. Not in like a cruel way, but like, you know, the way boys are just annoying and like take the mick out of you. But now they were being nice. And I was like, no, this is too weird. Like, don't do that. And I basically just didn't want to do anything. Like I would go to lessons, do my lessons and then 
would immediately want to go home after and I'd be dropped off home. So like I was still, I was only at school for my lessons and I switched to hires because hires is less demanding than A-levels. So I switched to hires. I wasn't even doing A-levels anymore. And I just, I just was not happy because I was still so consumed in my mind on my body and I was still seeing cams once a week but I absolutely hated it. Cams was awful for me. They, as soon as I walked in, well firstly I had a male practitioner, is that the right word? I don't know but that, I just personally think that you should be asked like do you mind having a male because I would have said I do mind, like I do not want a male because you're just like you're talking about your body and stuff with a man and I'm like no and as soon as I got there it was like right step on the scale because they had to make sure that you were still gaining weight and like I would have my sessions with my family in the room and no it was just awful I hated it and yeah I was just hating school basically and I just found it so hard because everyone like this anorexia and everything had been all of my life for those past like four months and like I went back to school and it's like everyone else's life's kept going obviously but it was weird because I'd felt like my time had stood still because I'd had the same issue for months and yet everyone else had like moved on and kept going and I kind of felt like my friends had moved on for me which was sad but that's kind of how I felt and I was just like I just don't know how to be here anymore like I don't know how to be at my school and I would walk into my boarding house into my old room and I it was literally like having a flashback like I remembered where my skills were I remembered where my like disgusting horrible snacks were like I remember what all these things were and I just I almost felt like I was having a panic attack again because it's like I'd rewound like four months and I just remember thinking like how am I ever going to get better here which makes me so upset it honestly breaks my heart that I had to leave that school because I loved that school I loved my friends I loved the people I was with like I loved all my teachers but I just knew that I needed out and I think like it's strange because I I do think had I stayed at school would I have been fine maybe eventually maybe but I just felt in that moment that I couldn't I just it was I think it was that thing of like feeling everyone else had gone and they'd like taken over me and I was just like way behind everyone and I just hated it and like hockey wasn't my thing anymore like when something is basically your personality like hockey was my personality and I felt like I didn't have that anymore so I was like who am I I didn't know who I was as a person because I didn't have this and like other girls were way better at me than at hockey now and I just like I couldn't even compete and I was just like who am I without hockey and I just felt like I had this massive like hole in my heart that was just which sounds really dramatic if you're not sporty but like when a sport literally takes up your life that is that is what it felt like And I had that basically stripped away from me and I was like, well, what do I do now? And then that's, I think that's also why I then just kind of like clung onto my eating disorder because I was like, I can't get happiness out of hockey anymore. Like not that anorexia gives you happiness at all, but like you feel like you're in control of something. So I clung onto that. And then I basically messaged my mom because I was not, I wasn't too scared to say it in person, but I was just kind of like, I'm going to message. So I messaged her and I said like, I don't know how I'm going to get better at, my old school um I really want to move school um but I didn't know how to ask and I felt guilt saying that but I I am happy that I did and I honestly do think that I was meant to move but it still breaks my heart that I had to leave all my friends and had to leave like that environment because I just I just I honestly loved my school so much anyway that was in February time that I said I wanted to move and my family were basically like okay you can move but you're not moving till September and you can basically repeat your second last year again and I was so annoyed because I was like I'm then going to be a year behind but really for my age I'm meant to be the year behind anyway so it's not it wasn't a big deal like it's not like I was gonna be really old or anything and they were like so you've got 
five months no six months essentially to get better but in my head I was like if I start gaining weight now I'm gonna be like an elephant by the time I go to school which is just shows how bad a mindset I was in at the time so I basically got so much worse in those six months like I oh my gosh I don't know I was just I don't want to say the way I was at but I was basically weighed as much as I did when I was probably about eight years old and I just I don't know but I also weirdly took pride in it which I is horrible to say but I don't know like I was pr- like I was so consumed in it that I was proud of how thin I was and I just yeah I I don't know it was like I wanted to I felt pride and I felt like I was feeding the beast every time that I knew that I was losing weight and I would weigh myself every day and I had to see the number go down and I kept track of everything I was eating and yeah I basically just hit my lowest weight I know I did in that six month period and then goes to September I do start doing more though I do start like doing more of my old things again as in like pre-eating disorder so and I was smiling more because I was also really excited to go back to school because I like not engaged my brain for like a year I was so excited to go back to school so start my new school and it is actually kind of refreshing because nobody knew me I like I had friends but they were in the year above that I used to go to school with but they were in the year above so nobody knew me in this year group so it was kind of refreshing I'm pretty sure that I was still known as kind of the eating disorder girl but that didn't really make a difference like I seemed to everyone like I looked very happy and very smiley and I think it's because I felt like I had a fresh start which was great but I yeah I still wasn't I was in, still wasn't eating nearly as much as I should, but I was still eating more than I was in the holidays and kind of like at my old school. But I wasn't eating, I definitely wasn't like back to normal at all. Um, and then I got into a relationship and I was loving that, but also still felt like I had to stay at this weight because I don't know if it was because I thought that that person was with me because of my body, no idea, but I definitely was like, I need to stay at this weight. But then I also became very dependent on alcohol, but not like only at parties obviously like I didn't actually have I don't want to say like I had a drinking problem but I would binge drink way too far because when I was at a party I couldn't just have one shot I was like I need to just keep drinking because then I also felt like I became a different person and I didn't have to basically inhabit this like who I was this like ed brain like when I drank I basically forgot about all that and I ate everything like I basically binge ate because I was so drunk and I think I was like, oh, if I drink, then I can eat. I think that was kind of my thought process. So I was getting so drunk and yeah, I was still really thin. So it didn't even take a lot for me to get drunk. And yeah, I was a bit of a mess. And then fast forward, my boyfriend then cheated on me, which was fantastic. Not. That is, if you've listened to the other episodes, you will know that whole story. But that basically led to me immediately cutting my food which it wasn't even like thinking about it it wasn't like a conscious thought of like oh he's done that I'm now not gonna eat like it wasn't like a defiance thing it was just I think I felt I was so heartbroken and so like it's different if it's just a breakup but this was a you've been cheated on so I just felt like I wasn't good enough I felt like the other person was just so much better than me and I was I think I then just I needed to control something so I obviously chose myself and I was eating in a whole day probably less than what I eat for breakfast now and I just it's so hard to explain because I everyone could see it I think that I was spiraling but I was still excelling at school so nobody really said anything but it was kind of obvious and I yeah just went through my days barely eating was still doing all of my exercise and stuff and I got really thin but again nobody said anything because it, it was that thing of nobody's comfortable enough to say anything and so I then 
I then I think I reached a point where I was like I, I I need something more like I wasn't this like the controlling of the food and stuff that wasn't enough and then that's when I kind of turned bulimic because I was like I just can't do that like I can't get the same it is literally kind of like a hit like losing weight for me was an addiction and I basically got high that's how I explain it it's like a high like a runner's high every time I saw that number go down but it wasn't doing the same for me anymore and it was also that mixed with like I was desperate for food like I was so so like malnourished that I was desperate for food and so then I would like binge eat and then be sick and that was my way like making myself be sick felt more like a punishment so it felt like I had to punish myself for getting cheated on which is just such an awful mindset but that is how I felt and yeah that kind of kept going and then I kind of stopped doing that because it did I hate being sick so like I literally am terrified of being sick so the fact that I was doing it is really sad but I then stopped that I don't know how and I can't really remember like why but I I remember just being like no like you're not doing that again but I was still like majorly restricting my food and then fast forward like it was kind of still the same and then in the July I went to America with one of my best friends and I remember thinking there like you love America like you love going to America you love the food here like don't waste two weeks of your holiday you don't come to America all the time like go and eat what you want so I remember thinking I'm gonna eat whatever I want whenever I want as much as I want like I was eating so much food but it wasn't like binge eating it was just basically my thought process was I can eat whatever I want to eat right now because when I go home I'll then lose weight and I did eat whatever I want and I did gain a lot of weight because I was so malnourished that you kind of gain a lot of weight at first so I did and I was very self-conscious of that fact obviously nobody said anything because I could tell everyone was still being the food police food police is when like everyone's eating their meal and they kind of give you the side eye to see what you're eating but everyone was still doing that but they were also like oh my gosh she's eating nobody scare her away basically it was like it's here don't don't say anything um so nobody said anything but I was very conscious of the fact that I was gaining weight and I was so uncomfortable in my body was then going back to school in the September for my last year of school and like I had experienced extreme hunger to its fullest which I'll explain that more in the recovery episode but I was so hungry and it was literally like I couldn't restrict myself again like I it was like I didn't know how because this hunger had just been like released inside of me like three years of hunger two years of hunger and I just couldn't I couldn't restrict anymore so I was like you know what f it basically I I'm I'm just gonna eat I'm not gonna restrict but it wasn't from a place of self-acceptance and self-love I hated my body I refused to look in the mirrors I refused to see my reflection I would only wear big clothes because I could not feel tight clothes on me and I was so like indifferent to my body I was terrified to see it but I was just like focusing on eating and not on what my body looked like and I knew like I was so nervous to go back to school because I had visibly like I had like trebled maybe quadrupled my body weight and I knew that everybody could see that but I also know that everyone was like nobody say anything because don't like don't mention it don't say anything um and I mean my best friend was kind of like oh my god you look amazing and you know like that was nice and I was kind of like oh thanks and I was like oh my gosh I've got boobs now and yeah it was kind of like don't scare it away like don't nobody mention it but I knew everybody knew and like my school skirt was so tight like I don't even think I could zip it up all the way actually I know I couldn't my blazer was tight and like that is just uncomfortable like that's the uncomfortable side of weight gain is even if you don't know the numbers because you stop weighing yourself you feel it in your clothes but that's basically how I felt so mentally I was still in a really bad place because I still hated myself I loathed myself but I was letting myself eat so like I guess physically I was so much better because I wasn't underweight and I wasn't malnourished but mentally like I was still in such a bad place and then that's when I got with Tristan um in my final year at school in September and you know part of me is kind of like I, w- I wish that I realized in that moment like 
he got with you when you were at the heaviest you've been in three years. Like, your body weight does not matter. He he doesn't, he's not with you for your body. He's not with you for how much you weigh. He doesn't care. He's like, he's literally, you got, you guys got together when you were at your heaviest. Like that, and that is what I still try and repeat to myself because there are still days where I catch myself kind of like, oh, like, oh, like I look like this because everybody does have bad body image days, but he doesn't, he didn't care what my body looked like. That's when we started going out. But I was still very aware of my body. But I just like, when we were together, like I had, the lights had to be off when I got changed. Like I didn't want him to see my body which is really sad and I didn't want him to like I wouldn't let him touch my stomach and just things like that because I was mentally still so bad and then I think kind of over lockdown I then I think it was over lockdown like I started exercising and I was loving it but I then I think I developed a slight exercise addiction but that was just I don't know I think that was kind of a covid type situation because it was like we had nothing to do in covid and it felt like you could just all you would do was sit and eat so I was just like I was kind of addicted to working out but fast forward to now I am such a better place in my body there's obviously still days where I am not good but I know how to kind of like talk myself down from that and there are days where you just have to accept that you're going to feel rubbish today and that's fine but that's kind of why I wanted to start this podcast and start my Instagram page because I was like I just want something to kind of vocalize what I'm thinking to talk about things that I wish I knew back then to like tell people that what you're feeling right now a you're not alone because that's the other thing you feel like you're the only one in the world that feels this you're absolutely not and your bad days are not the forever and yeah there are still days where I'll catch myself kind of having old thoughts but I'm like no don't do that you don't want to do that and I can talk myself away from it but that was my story that's kind of how it unfolded I might have missed out little bits here and there but if I remember them I'll talk about it in the next episode and yeah I hope I don't want to say enjoyed the story but maybe appreciated the story and in my next episode I will talk about all of my recovery things what it felt like the uncomfortableness of it what I wish I knew and kind of what helped me get to that recovery line because it seems impossible when you're in the moment but I promise you that you can and even if you're not going through an ED you might I'm sure you will know someone who has and just knowing this can help you be a better person to them and be a better support for them and just be better understanding basically have a better understanding so I hope that you appreciated this episode and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week and I will see you next week guys bye